Heads up, everyone. The Canucks are back over 500. A big 5-3 victory over our nemesis, which isn't really a nemesis, the Florida Panthers. And I'm thrilled. It's Saturday night. The game's early, so we can actually go out and do something afterwards. But more importantly, I'm thrilled because I'm with my two amazing co-hosts from Game Over Vancouver. I am Clay Emo. I'm Canuck Clay right here on YouTube. And beside me, I have who? I'm Kaya. (laughs) Hey, Kaya. I'm another host. And where can people follow you on social? Yeah, I'm at RealKayame on Twitter and just Kayame on everything else pretty much. Awesome. Love it. And next to you, Sam? Uh, I'm Sam. You can follow me on Twitter at SamanthaCP underscore. Awesome. Well, welcome, everyone, and welcome to this show. This is Game Over. Vancouver style, and this is one of a few shows going on across the network tonight on a very busy night in the NHL. Uh, 30, ga- uh, 30 games, 30 teams playing 15 games. And if you're new here, you are most welcome. We do this after every single Vancouver Canucks show, Vancouver Canucks game, and this is called Game Over Vancouver. So before we get going, why don't you hit the subscribe button right here on SDPN so you not only get Game Over Vancouver, but you get all seven Canadian shows, then you can hit the notification bell so you actually find out when we're actually streaming and like the video while you're here. Like the fact that Canucks won 5-3. Like the fact that Quinn Hughes is a beast and we're going to talk about that in the second segment. And like the fact that uh, we are here after um, the Canucks survived another brutal period. It wasn't the second period though this time. It was the third period. So we have so much to talk about. But yes, we are glad that you're here. And get going in the chat. But save your questions. Uh, You can keep talking. You can answer your own questions or each other's questions. But we will get to your questions in our third segment of the show. And that was when we do our SDPN Game Over Presser. So, Sam, let's start with you. I'm not sure you got to see the whole game, some of the game. I know you're a busy parent right now. What were your impressions of tonight's game? And did it kind of go according to what you expected? Uh, No, it really didn't. (laughs) I think what what I said the last time I was on was last weekend with Dennis when we played the second game against Edmonton. And I said that they were going to go up three and O against the flyers. Cause I thought that was a reasonable take and that they would then lose the two games in Florida. So oh, okay. no, nothing about tonight went the way I thought it would. Um, I thought that for me, I thought that standouts were Quinn Hughes had a spectacular game again. And I thought the Canucks were, had an exceptional second period, which I, you know, I don't, I don't remember the last time. <laughs> That they had an exceptional second period. Game one, maybe. That's it. Game yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Okay. So they wound up where you thought they would, three and two, just not in the order at all that yeah. you expected. Definitely not. Okay. How about you? Thank you, Sam. How about you, Kaya? Um, I really didn't think that we were going to get out of this game alive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't see this part, obviously. We did a tech check between the second and third period. It was 3-1. I had, I said, I was the only one that said I had no faith in this team. Um, and then I was right, because then there was 3-3. I missed the 4-3 goal, because I was actually looking for my Panthers ears. But, <laughs> um, yeah, we win 5-3. I said 4-3 in overtime. A little disappointed, you know, you couldn't have waited just a little bit to make me right. Like, I, I there's so much little going for me being a Canucks fan. Can you just give me this one inch, one thing of satisfaction? Yeah, and game, um, yes, I, I would just say real quick, Kai, and I'll let you finish, but Game Over Vancouver viewers, I'll take you a quick peek behind the curtain. We do test our tech in the second intermission just so we can kind of get to you as soon as we can after the buzzer. And it was I know it was a good day because Sam actually predicted that the Canucks were going to hold on to this victory. And it was Kaya, Kaya right there in the middle who said, no way, it's, they're gonna, it's going to go 4-3. She didn't say who would win. Um, but uh, so, of course, when it was 3-3, we got a nice little text from Sweet Kaya saying, 
I told you so. So sorry, Kaya. Please finish your answer. Sorry about that. I just want to get that in there. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, all capitals. I told y'all. Um, I was very confident that we were not going to get out of this game. Maybe it's because, like, I was really tuned into the finals last year. And, you know, obviously Matthew Kachuk. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for this, for tonight, I thought it was a great game from the Canucks. Mm-hmm kind of we saw that we saw the fall off in the third period yeah. which was reminiscent of like early last year uh which isn't great considering mm-hmm. how last year started i understand you know we're on a weird road trip to start the season no one wants to go to pennsylvania mm-hmm. and um you know we start we get shut up by Philadelphia, which is honestly despicable. It's even worse thinking now because like Tortorella is their coach. Yeah. Like that's that just makes it ten times worse. Yeah. Um anyway. I'm, I'm with you. You never want to lose to a Tortorella team for sure. So I got four yeah, or five yeah. quick uh quick hits I want to get to. And I, I love your opinion on most of them, you guys. So Sam, let's start with the fact that Ilya Mikheyev makes his season debut. They shut him down at the end of January last year. Many people said well, if he wasn't 100%, why are you even risking it? Why are you playing him so long? And then, of course, he does not start the season. Everyone's saying, what's going on? Mismanage, uh, whatever. So how do you think he played? I know he had missed that 2-0 chance. It was a bouncing puck from Kuzmenko. I'm just looking. He had an assist, and he had 13 minutes of ice time. What do you think of Mikhail's play, Sam? I thought overall he looked good. Like I mm-hmm. thought that he stepped into that line with PD and Kazmenko nicely. He gives them an element of speed that they haven't really had all season. And I thought that they, you know, for a first game together and for a guy who hasn't played in that long, I thought they gelled pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. And do you think, uh, well, obviously there was that uh, nice, Kuzmenko had a really, that really nice uh, backhand play. Well, he had two points. He had that, that beautiful pass from the behind the net to PD. And that was actually McKay. got the second assist there. And then he had his own goal after the great work by DJ Seppi. We'll get to that in a second. I've, I've saved a whole couple minutes for that. Uh, uh, how about you, Kai? Do you think that not only is it going to be good for McKay's game, obviously to get and good for the team, but maybe kind of have a spinoff effect on Kuzmenko as well. That was actually my whole point. I was thinking of like <laughs> when I was thinking of, yeah, Mikheyev's back. Oh, Kuzmenko's actually doing stuff tonight. I feel like that was like the final kick. I don't want to yeah. say kick in the butt because that's just not. I mean, it's kind of the right wording, though. Like you're playing with Elias Pettersson. And yes, he's very he's a very good player. At the same time, if your other winger is Connor Garland. Yeah. You're not going to have the same, you're not bringing the same talent to that. Kuzmenko needs the speed. He needs somebody to keep up with, yeah. uh, or somebody to keep up with him, somebody to keep up with, somebody, you know, obviously he, the bouncing puck was a missed chance, but at the same time, Mikheyev hasn't played a game since January. <laughs> like, I feel like that, you know, you can, you can, you don't have to fault the guy for missing a puck in his first game yeah. in uh, 10 months. Great point. Um, great point. Yeah. And Rick, Rick Taka did say he was going to ease him in first game in, since January. So he only played 13 minutes, which makes a bit of sense, but he was noticeable. Sam, isn't it interesting? As soon as you bring McKay in, it just shows because he's a top line player on this team, it just uh, it moves everyone down maybe to the proper spot. Now you have Garland playing with Bovilli and Suter on a third line as opposed to Garland on your first line. And now you have a really mucky muck fourth line of Lafferty, Studnika, and Joshua. So the lines kind of look a bit more normal now would you agree with that yeah i think i think that's right yeah uh, it'll be interesting to see how that fourth line holds up over over time <laughs> yeah uh Stanika had a great game i think earlier in the season i know lafferty had one they have their moments uh yeah actually it was the third line that seemed a little bit invisible to me and I'm, I'm 
Bovili, I just don't know if he's got confidence right now or or uh, Kai, what do you think Bovili's game is? What what is he good at? And I'm not being sarcastic. I, when he's good, what is he good at? Sorry, I'm gonna jump in quickly. Yeah. I literally <laughs> forgot he was on this team. Like I saw someone tweet about him the other day and yeah. I was like, I I literally forgot he played. Well, there, yeah. that kind of makes my point, but yeah, thank you, yeah. Kaya. He's he's been invisible. He was known in in Islesland. It was said a lot when he was traded for Bo, uh, mm-hmm. Captain Bo, apparently. Um, that was a tweet that <laughs> I think got deleted, but it might still be up. Um, uh, I lost my train of thought. Dissing Bo Horvat. Where was I? Okay, yes, <laughs> Back to our Bo. Yes. <laughs> Back to our our bowl that you know still is on our team and doesn't have a contract that will age terribly. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that yeah, he's been pretty much invisible. It was said that he was streaky and all that kind of stuff. And being streaky, I said this on the lightning stream, but I'm gonna say it again: being streaky on the New York Islanders, like how is that possible? They yeah. don't score anyway. Yeah. They would not, streaky, yeah, they would yeah. not know a streak if they hit them in the head. That's true. Or if they went streaky. Exactly. Yeah, like yeah. streaky is score is like your streak is scoring two goals in like 10 <laughs> games. Like that's a streak for the New York Islanders. Um, as you can see, I like the Rangers. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So I don't think he's been mm-hmm. um somebody's brought up Paul Glander in the chat. Like, I think that Beauvillier is still being in this in this lineup and you know one of our guys who's still trying to fight to get in like yeah he hasn't had that many shots but at the same time he should deserve some more time compared to a guy that you forget that he's on the team yeah like i will like sam i'm with you i will remember that sam lafferty was is on this team faster than i'll remember Absolutely. it's yeah it's bad (laughs) (laughs) and if for everyone wondering how come they're not talking about quinn hughes yet we had a whole segment for Quinn Hughes. Don't worry, we will get to that. Let's talk about the D though. Uh, Tyler Myers, much maligned after the Thursday night debacle where he tackled PD, where he cleared it up the, you know, cleared it to the Tampa Bay Lightning guys. So uh, it's not his fault that Tampa scored two power play goals, but he was um, at fault for those. Okay, so it was his fault. Tonight, he uh, I, I saw some debate on the first Panthers goal where he kind of pinched wide and he left a two-on-one, but then I saw other people saying that, no, wait a sec, what were all the Canucks forwards doing? He actually was on a man, blah, blah, blah. Myers ends up being a minus two, but uh, what do you think? Did he need a redemption game, and was this a redemption game? Sam, what do you think of Tyler tonight? Um, I mean, look, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as the other games preceding this one, <laughs> but it was still not good. Yeah. And I didn't think that after the last couple of seasons that he could get worse. Yeah but he has been truly like atrocious this season. Like even, I think even, even the people who have been the most generous um, and supportive of Myers over the last couple of seasons have kind of hit the end of their rope with him. Yeah. And guess who had the fewest ice time, fewest minutes of the six defensemen, even two minutes fewer, less than Mark Friedman was Tyler Myers, 13 minutes tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was shocked when I saw that. Uh, another defenseman, Susie, actually scores, makes a really nice play. He kind of brings the puck in the middle. Some good work from Garland on the boards. Looked around, and no one was on him. And and he's big. Like it's not like he's the fastest guy. And he has, he's got a good good snapshot. And he scores his first. Uh, so at least we get some some offense from our back end. Kaya, talk to me about your your impression so far of our newcomer, Susie and Cole, just uh, both tonight and overall. 
Um, Susie, I think he's a good addition. Obviously, he missed some time at the beginning. Yeah. I think he's fit well into the team. You know, they're still working out D pairings. That's always going to be a constant um, until, you know, we sign Chris Tandev again in the offseason and he's Quinn Hughes' pair defense, uh, paired defenseman for the rest of their career. I'm still, I'm on this train. I haven't forgiven Jim Benning for anything. Um, <laughs> no, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, really. Um, yeah, it's, there's going to be, you're going to have to see more of a sample size yeah. from him, obviously, you know, we're only five games into the season, but I think we do have a good sample size of Ian Cole already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't love it. Yeah. Basically yeah. Uh, him, him on the same pairing as Tyler Myers, um, the aforementioned infamous Tyler Myers, he, they're my uh, worst nightmare. Yeah. They are my sleep paralysis demons. Those two, <laughs> I would not let them defend a crumb of banana bread in a cafe while I went to the washroom. I would not let them defend <laughs> anything, okay? Yeah. And they're supposed to be our second pair that we're giving nine mil total to. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I know I'm yeah. like ragging on Myers a bit there, but yeah, I haven't been impressed with Ian Cole so far. Thankfully, he's only signed for one year. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, you guys, because when they signed him, I really thought that I know he's a lefty, but I really thought that he would fulfill the the Luke Shen slash Chris Tanner role. Reliable, veteran, stand up for your teammates. And I had all these visions of Hughes and Cole, then Asusi and Hironic, and then Myers and whoever, insert name here, Breezeball, Willan, and Hirose. So um, I know Taka doesn't like playing lefties on the right and vice versa. So that's why we have uh, we have Cole playing on the left side. And yeah, I, I have been disappointed because I actually was more excited about Cole than Susie, even though they give the longer contract to Susie. So uh, Sam, do you think what we see is what we get in Cole? Or do you think just like Susie, we, we got to give a bit of a leash to because of a small sample size? Do you think Cole will round into his game or is this is what we're going to have for this entire season? I mean... He's got, like Kaya said, he's, Susie started a little bit later. So yeah. there's, there's a little bit of a bigger sample size. I think watching Ian Cole over the last few seasons, uh, my, this is maybe the most negative take I've had all season is I think what you see is what you get. Yeah. And so it's not good then. I, I have never been a huge Ian Cole fan. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Let's talk about two more things. Uh, Casey DeSmith. Undefeated on the season. He has two of our three wins. And uh, what do you think of his game? Um, can I say something that I've noticed is a pattern for the Canucks? I would love you to say something. Why is it they're only decent at defense when Demko isn't in net? <laughs> that happened with Halak two years ago. That happened last season. That uh, kind of last season, but happened. It happened this season. I was thinking earlier. I was like, why are we like winning more with DeSmith than Demko? Is because they kind of like take their foot off the gas i feel like the entire team does with defense like i'm blaming everybody here it's a collective responsibility you should all be shamed um (laughs) you're yeah you're leaving your goalie out to dry but it's just thatcher demko Mm. like you're you're fine defending you know like you should be because that's your job um you're fine defending when it's literally anybody else between those pipes. You could dress Bruce Boudreaux up and put him in between those pipes and they'd still defend better than they defend their actual starting goaltender. I kind of like to see that. It's because they think yeah. that when he's in that, they don't 
Yeah. Yeah. Just just because he's an all star doesn't mean he's unstoppable. <laughs> doesn't mean the pucks are. Un- I it, I tried to say unstoppable and I realized he's the one stopping the stuff. <laughs> so you want him to be stoppable. Yeah. It's it's very convoluted. I yeah. We rely on Demko too much. Yeah. I think that it is showing and how that yes we've won twice with DeSmith against. No. Uh, do I want to call the Oilers a decent team um, against all right teams? Yeah. <laughs> teams that um, should be decent. Right. Should right. be should decent. Be. Yeah. Asterix. Like Flor- Florida, you know, Eastern yeah. Conference champions, President's Trophy a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And the, the thing is, I think psychologically, I've never played hockey at a high level, but even in my roller hockey, as soon as we don't have a real goalie, our real goalie, or as soon as there's a backup goalie in there, psychologically, you're right, Sam, you play, whether you think of it, you you relax a little bit when your starter's in, or you conversely, you play harder when your starter is not in. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating how that works. And and to Smith, you know, um, I, I think the only goal that I did, well, the second goal, the rebound was a little bit generous. The third one, I think Hronik uh, erroneously thought the puck was going to go wide and he, and he left the wide, the middle wide open. Maybe to Smith wants that back, but I'm not going to fault him. He made some really, really good saves. At, uh, Florida, they just came in Russia. So let's talk, I want to talk about the third period real quick versus the uh, second period, the bad third period. And then I want to talk about Oyo and Forsley and then we'll move on to our own good defensemen. So, um, we got through the second period pretty much unscathed. In fact, we were doing better in the second period. We we got up 3-1, and that second period has been our Achilles heel for the past three games. And then, boom, we get rocked in the third period. I think it's 17-4 to or whatever. Sam, what were you thinking? Were you, as the goals started to come for the Panthers, were you scared that we were going to lose, or did you have confidence? And just why is a team like us so with great players and some good leaders, we hope, why are we so fragile, and why do we go crazy for like 20 minutes a game, whether it's the second or third period. Uh, my thought process as those goals happened was, oh, here's here's that team that blows every two-goal lead <laughs> that they've ever had, followed immediately by, I should not have said they were going to win this game. <laughs> and Kai was right. Kai so that was, that was my thought process was like, why did you let yourself have hope when... You've been burned by this team so many times before. And that's like, you know, that was what that third period is. And it is like, to your point, it's frustrating that they can't, when you see a period like that second period, or you see a game like the first game they played against the Oilers and you see what they are capable of. Yes. It is frustrating that they cannot put that out consistently and that they can't play a 60 minute game. Yes. Because the reason people want this team to do better and constantly expect them to do better than they have is that if they did that, they should Mm. be a playoff contender. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just that consistency for the last couple of years is just not there. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. And Sam, just completely unrelated, but I'm really curious. And I, I I could ask you this, don't worry, I'm not going to embarrass you. When you watch a game, when they score, when they go up four, three and Kuzmenko gives us a lead with five minutes left. I'm just curious. Do you fist bump? Do you, fist pump do you stand up and cheer do you start f-bombing like what do you do at the tv like i generally yell at the tv while i watch games it's less less since less since we had a baby because (laughs) it doesn't it kind of scares her um but yeah i do well the the reason why i ask is we're we're babysitting my nephew and niece right now so a five-year-old and two-year-old and then 
<laughs> when Kuzmenko scored, I stood up. I didn't swear, but I say stuff that I usually don't say when I'm on a stream or around. <laughs> and I have this five-year-old girl looking at me and just wondering, Uncle Clay. So I just just want to throw like that in there. a whole different side to Uncle Clay that she's yeah. never seen before. You're going to have to stream that one day. Yes, exactly. Kaya, why do you think we have so uh, so much trouble putting a full 60 minutes together? Or is that is that the nature of the NHL? There are some really good teams with some really dominant players, and you're not going to be able to control play for all 60 minutes. What do you think? It's a really good league with some really dominant players, but at the same time, their goalie is Sergei Bobrovsky, and, <laughs> and he is actually the definition of the term streaky Islanders yes. fans. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't know what it is with this team. I think they're just like, oh yeah, we have a two-goal lead. Let's uh, lean back for a minute, just observe for a while, and then we're going to care. It's yeah. like when you're... What it kind of feels like, this is like not the greatest analogy, but it kind of feels like just watching them is when you're driving to like work or something and you kind of zone out for a bit because like you know where you're going and you're like mm. under like you know the route pretty much. They kind of they know where it seems like they know where this is going, though most of the time they do not. It seems like they know where this is going, so that's you know kind of strolling leisure leisurely through and then somebody bumps somebody you know cuts in front of them and they're like shocked back awake and it's three three and they have to you know regain the lead i feel like that's kind of where they're at right not playing a full 60 minutes i get it it's yeah. a long time i have three hour long lectures you can survive 60 minutes in an <laughs> ice rink okay and a fisher analogy i guess Thursday and with breaks <laughs> and with breaks yes thank you uh, you, you guys are you guys are strong that way yeah i guess to fit your analogy on thursday night they would have uh crashed that car and not got to work but today they kind of avoided uh, an accident and made it there eventually is that is that fair to say yeah that was my commute yes. to, work, to work this morning so <laughs> all right last thing and then uh, and then we'll talk about quinn hughes let's talk about the two florida defensemen obviously we traded gustav forsling back in 2015 got uh, i think it was adam clendenning for him uh, and now forsling is playing on their top pairing because of their injuries with another former canuck oliver ekman larson Sam, do you have any feels? Do you have any like kind of um, not emotional attachment, but do you want Ekman Larson to succeed? Are you completely neutral? Do you not care? Like, how do you feel when you see OEL play now? I feel complete indifference. Really? Other than I thought it was incredibly funny that he scored on the Leafs the other night. The only <laughs> thing I feel is relief that contract is not really our problem. Yes. Not really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, you never want to use a buyout, but the Canucks, I, at least for this year, the effect is barely anything. It's it's in future years, but we'll, that's for another show. Okay, how about you, Kai? When you see when you see OEL, when you see Giuseppe, oh no, you didn't see this goal, but Sam and I did. Giuseppe single-handedly took down both of them behind the net and made the beautiful pass to Kuzmenko. When you see OEL, any thoughts, any lingering thoughts, emotions? I actually, before you said it, I completely forgot that we had Gustav Forsling. We traded him. Yeah. Um. So yeah. that was so. It was 2015. That was eight years ago. Um, yes. You're eight years old. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I was. I was 12. Okay, fine. I was 12. I was a high school student. How dare you? How dare you? No. Um. When it comes to OEL. It's weird because I know he was bad for us. I know. But like a toxic ex, I can't get over him. Yeah. He, I understand we're going to be feeling the pain of that contract for years and years and years to come. Probably longer than what uh, most of the players are currently on this team going to stay for. But at the same time, good for him. You know, um, 
I feel like Florida and California teams are like the farm up north. Yeah. That's yep. that's what they are for NHL players. OEL can coast in Florida. He can do whatever he wants and he won't he doesn't have to deal he doesn't have to deal with me. Um <laughs> I think yeah, I good for him. Honestly, he's scoring more goals than like most of our decor. He's putting up more points than most of our decor. I think mm-hmm. I think I, I, I'm just assuming from what I've seen uh, people talk about it. Cause always, every time there's like a last a Canuck that uh, yeah um, does something that what is no longer a Canuck, of course, everyone's going to talk about it. Like we yeah. shouldn't have got like, no, we should have gotten rid of it. Uh, rid of him. Not it. He's a person, Yeah, he is. but <laughs> he's a human being. He's a human person being, yeah. but when it comes, yeah, it issues whenever the player is the contract. Yeah. That's kind of what I think with yeah, this yeah and imagine if our <laughs> imagine if our toxic exes all made eight million dollars a season so that wraps up our our look at this game five three canucks we are three and two we vault to the second in the pacific now behind the vegas golden knights who are amazing so sam and kaya i'm going to give you a quick 90 second break stay on with me but i, I want to introduce this next topic because i feel very strongly about it i'm going to express my my belief and then i want to throw it to you so i want to talk about quinn hughes and we saw how dominant he was tonight we've seen how good he's been. I think naming him captain was the, the the smart was the right move and he's taking it very seriously. He wants to lead this team on and off the ice. I've always talked to my show about, I love it when I see these uh, league lead wide rankings, whether it's the athletic or a sports net or ESPN, whatever it is, because, because I'm proud of, I want the Canucks to show well. I want Pedersen and Hughes and Demko to show well in these predict the award winners for the end of the year, blah, blah, blah. And of course the team hasn't done well, but we still have a lot of really good players. And naturally I get very defensive. I get very protective. I want to see, I want to know that our guys are being recognized throughout the league. So having said that ESPN puts out a few days ago, their top 100 players for this season, not in history, but for this season. And even in their disclaimer, they say they put extra weight on the impact that these players are going to have in the season. 100 players, you divide by 30 te- 32 teams. On average, you're only supposed to have three players in this top 100 list. The Canucks actually have five, so that made me really excited. PD's at number 16. You have Hughes at number 60, too low. Uh, two, uh, you have uh, Be- uh, Demko at 80, you have Besser at 82, and you have Miller at 95. So you had five guys in the top 100, so that's good. But PD's 16, I think that's fine. I always talk about him being a top 15 player. 15, 16, that's that's splitting, splitting hairs. But to have Quinn Hughes at number 60. And I always, you guys know, I always compare Hughes to the big five, in the big five, with with McCarr, Darlene, Haskinen, and Fox. And sure, McCarr is rated number two. We have Fox rated at number, uh, here it is, number 13. Then you have Darlene at number 26. And you have Haskinen at number 29. So the other four defenseman I talk about that I compare with Quinn Hughes, they're in the top 30 and then you have to go another 30 and you see Quinn Hughes at 60. So Sam, Kaya, I feel good getting that off my chest. I was hurt. I was upset. And then I, I, I don't just dismiss it all. Oh, it's ESPN. What do they don't know? They got some smart people there too, like everywhere. So talk to me, talk me off the ledge or push me over the ledge. How do you feel when you see a ranking like this? It doesn't have to be this specific one, but when you see Hughes compared to those other four guys, and we're not even talking about the Headmans and the Yossis and the Dougie Hamiltons of the world. Is Quinn Hughes only the 60th best player in the entire league? I will listen. Seth Jones was above him. Sorry. <laughs> I need to. That's I need to. Deranged. Sorry. It's That's deranged. Like, what? Like, what advantage? Who is paying? Like, 
how do they have the money to pay off ESPN? Because obviously they're doing that. How do they have the money in Chicago? Because look how much they're paying the guy that ranked higher than Quinn Hughes. <laughs> okay, so I know how Kaya feels. <laughs> I'm mad because I, even as a Rangers kind of enjoyer, yeah. um, even, you know, I do think that some defensemen in this league are very good. Quinn Hughes isn't better than Adam Fox. Personally, I don't think he's better than Kale McCarr. Is that just because I'm kind of biased and I'm sick of hearing about Kale McCarr? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> but at the same time, Quinn Hughes is like, is one of the better players in this league, yep. one of the better defensemen in this league, to put him even below Heiskanen. Like, I I like Heiskanen. I like, I love Darlene. I think he's probably around the same mark as him. Yep. I yep. think Darlene has more of the goal scoring, Quinn has more of the assists. Sure. But again, apparently uh, assists don't count even um, for defensive quality. So... By the way, and Sam, yeah. just before I let you answer, not I let you, you don't need my permission, but they, they showed a stat on the the... Broadcast. I don't know if you guys saw it. They said fastest, you know, no, most assistants that come in the league. And Quinn Hughes was at 219, Adam Fox at 203, and then Kill McCarr down at 183. So I'm not going to sit here and try and say that he's better than McCarr or Darlene or Haskinen or Fox. But what I'm saying is he's right there with them. There's no way he's 30 players, 30 ranks below them. But what do you think, Sam? Um, I thought the list was unhinged. <laughs> I, you know, like... I'm generally a Canuck skeptic. I generally don't have very many nice things to say, but that list was insane. Like to rank Quinn Hughes at 60, you might as well just start with like, I do not watch the Canucks play ever, ever. <laughs> that is the only way you could have put him at 60 compared to the other four we've named. And look, I'm not going to say he's, I, I think they probably started off neck and neck um, in their rookie seasons. I think McCarr and Hughes were neck and neck. I think he's fallen off since because Makar is like leaving us. I'm not biased. Like they're both yeah. my team. I just, yeah. I think Makar is heads above the rest of them. Um, Fox is probably the closest to Makar, but after that, I think it's a, I think it's a toss up. And I think for mm -hmm. them to have put him that far behind and especially behind Seth Jones is one of the most egregious things I have ever seen. And like, let's yeah. not forget tonight, Kevin Bieksa said that he thinks at this moment, Quinn Hughes is the top passing defenseman in the NHL. And I think there's like a good case to be made for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that that ranking is embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Embarrassing for ESPN, not embarrassing for Quinn Hughes. Of course, of course. And, uh, you know, McCarr and Fox, they both are Norris Trophy winners and the other three aren't. And that's fair. Uh, McCarr and Fox also, they're, they're, they're enigmas in that they're both right-handed and how we got, we know how hard it is to get a right shot D-man. So I, I get where Fox and McCarr, yeah, they're very skilled and they're very valuable. So I, I get why they're held so highly. So I'm not, again, everyone out there, I'm not knocking McCarr, Fox, Haskin or Darlene. I'm just saying, I believe that Hughes belongs in that conversation and not a whole two pages down the list further than them. And uh, yeah, and it, uh, yeah, it's it just frustrating for, for me, but maybe I've, I've been accused of being a little bit biased and a bit of a homer before, but it, I, I just want our guys to be recognized. That, I think that's what my point is, really. I'm yeah. not a homer, and I think it's deranged. It's, it is deranged, because you know who's number 53? Who? Mikhail Sergachev. Oh, come on. 
Who is that guy? The only reason I know who he is is because he decked Garland in the face last season and got nothing for it. That's the only reason he's relevant. He's 25 years old. He was 75th in last season's rank. He's 53. What has he done to be 53? And what has what did Quinn Hughes who did Quinn Hughes piss off to get demoted <laughs> two places? This is ridiculous. It's honestly ridiculous. It's just ESPN showing, like, yeah, sure, they're entertainment, sport, whatever the hell. It's <laughs> it's it's basically Eastern Sports um yep. unit uh, sure. network. Because at this point, like you're just admitting how many there's so many good um I want to say Western Conference players, but then Kale McCarr is like second in the league, which is yeah, I'm iffy about. Um, I know, Sam, you, you spoke very highly of I like him. him too. Yes, I, like him I get too. he's he's a good player. He's a good player. I'm just I think I'm just sick of seeing the NHL commercial that's just like, is Kale healthy for you? Like, yes, I know. I'm not gonna try it. Stop. Um yeah, there's so many good players in the Western Conference that are not being highlighted because they're being taken over. They're being taken over by like Jacob Chickering's good. Yep. But is he 48th place good? <laughs> Linus Olmark is 47. Hampus Lindholm is at 43. Yeah, exactly. Hampus Lindholm, I'm 29. The only reason I know who he is is because he was roommates with Jamie Drysdale. Like, that's the only relevance he has in my, in my brain right, lexicon. Right. Eric Carlson is below Johnny Gaudreau? Yeah, well, sorry, that, well, sorry, that was, was that just threw me for a loop. But yeah, no, there are a lot of players that you know. Are way you know too who high. else is ahead of Quinn Hughes? Who? Chris Letang. Yeah, see, that's rough. That's rough. This, like, yeah. sorry, is this two thousand and nine, two thousand ten? Like, okay, Chris Letang I, is thirty six. I like Chris Letang. No, I so As do I. But he is person, not currently better than Quinn Hughes. He's not currently better than Quinn Hughes. He, yeah, no, he's not currently better than Quinn Hughes. Okay, so what I've heard in the last five minutes, ladies, is that. Uh, I'm not off base and you guys agree with me, which is good. And everyone in the chat, there's there's 70 of you in here, which is awesome. And I know there's other shows going on. So we appreciate you being here. We're going to get to you in about five minutes. But before we do, uh, we might not read any of these, but do it for the heck of it. Put your ranking. Th those five guys, Makar, Hughes, Fox, Hiskin, and Darlene, start talking to each other and arguing with each other. Rank them one to five and, and let's just see what happens in the chat. One other thing you guys about Quinn Hughes. What I love is he's only year three of a six-year contract that pays him seven eight five a year, seven point eight five. So you're getting a captain, uh, the the most assist by a defenseman to start off a, a career for under eight million dollars a season. And we can talk, and we'll have plenty of time later in the year to talk about PD. What's his contract going to be? What are they going to offer? Is he going to accept all those things? But to have a guy like that locked up in a, for a team that's not really good with their salary cap. That is a win to have him locked up for another four, three years after this for under $8 million. That is a steal. But I have a hot take. I'm ready. It's the ranking. JT Miller should be higher. Yeah, he's 95, right? It's weird to me that he's um, lower than Brock Besser. Like, I, I am the biggest Brock supporter. Oh, really? Um, like, again. <laughs> Thanks. No, I, um, <laughs> I I am a homer for Brock and that's about it. If he went to Minnesota, I'm moving to Minnesota. Like, or that was just, you know, yeah. if he went to any other team, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm joking. You know, I'm kind of ingrained <laughs> in this fan base for my life. But when it comes to Brock Besser, I don't, I think that they should be closer in ranks than 13 places apart. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. just me. Um, yeah, I think... 
I, I think JT Miller should be higher. Sam, what's the most appealing part of Quinn Hughes's game? Uh, sorry, Kai, and I agree with you. Yeah, I was I was happy Miller was on the list. I surprised he was ranked lower than Besser for sure, especially based on the last two seasons. Uh, Sam, what makes Quinn Hughes so good in your opinion? Like, how do you even how do you narrow it down to one thing? Uh, obviously, the vision and the hockey sense and and the passing is just I, I don't know I don't know that the Canucks have ever had a defenseman of that caliber. Yep. Um, and he's just incredibly fun to watch. Yep. It's been, you know, we talk a lot about the way players handle pressure. Um, and he obviously took it upon himself last season to, I think, kind of become a spokesperson for the team. And frankly, mm. um, I think handled off ice issues a lot more articulately than I expected him to. Yep. Um, and yep. I think so far, and granted it's early in the season, I think he's responded to the expectations of captaincy exceptionally well. And it's it's been pretty cool to watch. Yeah, well said. Well said. You're right. There are a lot of things. And I'm, uh, I'm surprised. I think opposing forwards that are trying to rush him at the blue line, they know that he's going to do that quick spin to his backhand. They know, but they can't do anything about it. Because if they try and anticipate that, then Quinn will just keep skating in the direction that he's going in and make them look really silly. It's it's a joy. Isn't it a joy to watch just when he has the puck at the, at the blue line? I, yeah, I was going to say, like, he is definitely one of the better skaters in the NHL mm -hmm. um, compared to, you know, his, his uh, other brother who happens to fall like every devil's game. I don't know <laughs> how he does it, but Jack, please stay on your feet. Um, at the same time, I do think, like... Uh, <laughs> I, I do think yes, the skating he's mesmerizing. Going back on uh, back on the ice, like Sam said, he's taking the role of captain very well. Yeah. Um, I will say that yeah, just watching him, just watching him exist on the ice is something kind of fantastic. And what you said about the backhand, like the players, the opposing player is going to recognize it. They're going to know <laughs> that he's going to do it. But at the same time, I can kind of think of Ovi's office and how no one ever defends him there, <laughs> even though it's absolutely, like, that's the only place he ever stays. And he's been doing that for his entire career. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like that. Obviously, Quinn Hughes has not uh, played that many NHL games, has not scored that many goals, and does not have that many gray hairs. Yeah. But at the same time, I do think that, uh, yeah, he's just, people haven't been able to read him yet. They haven't downloaded his moveset, as sure. the gamers would call it. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sam I, and I will have to take your, you know, trust you on that one. <laughs> what the gamers that... say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So and he's easily the, at least the 60th best skater in the in the league for sure. So everyone, get your questions in now to the game over presser. Uh, we will take five uh, five or seven minutes, answer two or three questions to wrap up this stream. Once again, I am Kanak Clay. We have Kaya May, uh, the real Kaya May, real Kaya May, not the right, or is it real Kaya May? It's real because um, I had uh, an old Twitter account that I used Kaya May for. Yeah. But um, I had some One Direction stuff on there. Okay. And then even after I deleted it, um, it still showed up as gotcha. that. So that's why I use Real Kaya May. Ah. Fun facts. Samantha, your actual X or Twitter handle is what again? At SamanthaCP underscore. 
at Samantha CP underscore. Beautiful. All right. Jasterin says, Kaya, you and me have the same reaction to mostly everything, including Makar being overhyped. And I know Jasterin has said that many times before. Uh, Fangirl asked this. I'll start with you, Sam. Are you nervous about the PD contract and the situation, how it might play out? Um, I... <laughs> It's, I have a complicated answer. Um, I have always been nervous about PD's next contract. I said when he signed the bridge that I hate when teams sign their star players to bridge deals because in general, for players of PD's caliber, it does not pan out. Like it yeah. made sense for Brock and it made sense for Quinn, but like for a player like Elias Pettersson, you knew that that was going to, end up making you pay him a higher amount over a longer amount of time. Mm -hmm. And they have not, the cap situation has improved. I have more faith in the way that they're handling it, but they are still in a massive cap deficit. Yeah. And he is on track. Positivo has said tonight that he is on pace for 164 points this season. <laughs> and like, I just, I don't, I know they'll make it happen, but I don't know how they're going to pay this man what he is going to command on the market. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think the ancillary drama of the of that Elliot Friedman leak about like oh the Canucks were actually also not super committed to him is completely absurd. Like I think everyone saw through that as like it's just an absurd proposition for them to be like actually we don't know if we're committed to our best player. Like that's a ridiculous statement. Yeah. Um, but I do think the only the thing I'm not nervous about is if he has a contract year, which I think like if he has an excellent year, he plays his contract year the way he will, and he's going to command the highest number. It can only mean good things for the Canucks, right? Like if he plays to the level we all expect him to play at and he's at the top of his game, like I don't see them. I don't see them having a terrible season this year. No, that's a, that's not, that's a great answer. That's a, that's a well thought out neutral answer. I agree with you. I think that Friedman, generally Friedman actually, I, I like what he says, but I think that one was a bit of a, I, I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. Um, Kaya question for you uh, mm -hmm. do, uh, from your, your biggest fan, Jaskarin. <laughs> <laughs> Could Quinn Hughes have a Norris trophy on his mantle by the end of his career? By the end of his career, if Kale McCarr retires in like two years, I think he could. Uh, I don't, I, this feeds back into the Eastern bias. I don't want to be that person, but at the same time, Colorado is in an earlier time zone mm -hmm. than Vancouver. Um, I think anyway, it took me 18, 19 years to find out Vegas was in Pacific time. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was mountain time, but I guess I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I do think he will have he will be permanently second place. So if, uh, or, or permanently second or third. So always the bridesmaid, never the bride. As they exactly, say. Okay. that's what I think is going to happen. Unfortunately, yeah. just because of you know what he has to contend with in sure. Macar, unless Macar takes a complete dip, I mm -hmm. you know hope for like his sake he does it. But at the same time, yeah. it's. Yeah, I think he'll have to prove himself way yeah. hard, way more than, you know, Kale McCarr, who has the cup, uh, mm -hmm. Adam Fox, who uh, went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Um, I guess he he's going to really... need the Canucks to perform yeah. significantly yeah. better than they have to have yeah. a shot at it, which is not which is not a fair way to determine who gets an Oris, but like. Mm -hmm. 
you know, like Eric Carlson, yeah. <laughs> Pacific time zone, but like he has to get those points and mm-hmm. for that to happen, the Canucks need to be a lot better. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing too about the Norris is it's already, you know, it counts, it counts for goals, it counts for assists, it counts for points. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're actually a good defenseman, as long as you get points, then you're good. If it was actually based on defending, Eric Carlson would not have gotten his, you know, glory Norris last year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just, there needs to be some kind of separation uh, between the two stats or, you know, actually dedicate a trope and dedicate a trophy to defense yeah. um, rather than just the Norris, which is basically like, which defender can cosplay as a forward? That's basically <laughs> what it is. I, I, I agree with both of you. And, and Sam, your point is really good about, uh, you know, it's, a lot of it's predicated on team success. So the Canucks do have to be a, a team that's five or 10 games over. Although I think Eric Carlson was a unicorn that way, but, but that's because he had over hundred points. So, all right, last question for both of you. Um, Connor Garland, his name has been on the news a lot. We saw he's not the most effective player, even though I, I was teaching my 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 second son, Jacob, the one who's not as versed in hockey. Just I just said, watch Garland. He looks busy, but he doesn't really do anything. Like he'll he'll try spin, he'll he'll move around a lot, he'll get pummeled in the boards a few times. Uh do you the question from the chat is, do you think he'll be traded? Do you think Connor Garland will be traded by the end of the season? Sam, let's start with you. Yes. Yeah. No I doubt. think I think he wants to go and mm-hmm. I think they want him to go. Um, yeah. You know, he's not bad. That's the thing, right? Like he's not, it's not a terrible fit. He's serviceable, yeah. but like, it's just, I don't know. There's just, there's something off about it and it doesn't seem like he's particularly invested anyway. And they don't have a ton of movable pieces. So if right. they can get a good deal for Garland and he's the type of, he should be the type of player you can at least get some decent return for. Yeah. And 4.95 over the next two seasons after this is not going to make it easy to trade him for sure. How about you, Kaya? What do you think? I want him traded. I've <laughs> wanted him traded for years. This yeah. is this is uh, my Wait for years. He's only been order. here two years. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like his vibe since the moment he stepped foot in my VR. No, just I I think that yes, he was decent. Like when he started for us in 2021 he's he's serviceable yeah Yeah. like what sam said he's serviceable Mm -hmm. but at the same time in order for this team to progress anywhere we're gonna need that cap space we're gonna need to get some kind of return that we're gonna need to get some players that you know (laughs) aren't being paid 4.95 million or whatever to be on the fourth line wing we have too many wingers as it is we Gotta clear out that cap space to pay Elias Pettersson. Yeah, yeah, we have to clear up the cap space to play an actual good play to pay an actually good, decent player that deserves yeah. big money. Um, yeah, I think he's gonna get traded. I think Bovillier is gonna get traded. I think a lot of people are gonna get traded or just you know completely forgotten about because if the Canucks want to be a contender in any way whatsoever, like even for a wild card, they're gonna have to step it up big time on the trade market on. I don't want to say free agency because it's not always the best because the NHL is boring, but uh, in the trade market, definitely like yeah. I'm honestly team get rid of your first overall first round picks because, okay, Sam, I can see your face, but I am like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm on team get rid of your first rounders because maybe, maybe that's a little, that's a little too far, but that, that might be a little too far, but like maybe like a second rounder. That's okay. Cause 
if you think about it, like with this Lafferty trade, the fifth round player is going to take many, many years to develop. Yes, this first or second rounder may not take that long to develop um, as a player and get to the NHL level. They might not even make the NHL level. They might play at an NHL level and, you know, not really deserve to play at an NHL level. Uh, case in point, 2015. Anyway. <laughs> Sam, I'll give you a chance. No, I'm yeah. thinking the wrong... No, I, I, no 20, 2016. Oh my gosh, our 2015 first rounder was Brock. And 2016, yeah. I mean, my bad. Yeah, yeah I, I in team trade draft picks because we're kind of in a win now. Sam, we'll give you a, ch a chance to react to that and then we'll wrap up. <laughs> um, I I see where Kaya is coming from. Um, I don't know. Yes, they're in a win now, but they shouldn't be in a win now. Mm -hmm. Is is where I'm at. This is not a team that is in a position to win now, other than that they kind of have to with the players that they have. But like, I think if you look at the roster of this team and the trajectory, I don't think they're realistically in a win now situation and they should not have been trading away draft picks for the last five years. Yeah. Like this is a team that should have been stockpiling draft picks. Um, and I just, I, I got nothing. I, they've put themselves in this position where it's like, I don't know. Yep. I don't know what they're going to do. I, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't mean like win now, but like their, their players are reaching like the prime in their yeah. careers. But they should have, um, you know, like the, they should have prepared for this. Yes. Yeah. Your prime, your the prime... roster should be better than what it is yeah. for where those players are at. And yeah. part of the issue is that they, just completely miscalculated and misplayed the last five years. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's very fair. And speaking of money uh, and, and players in the prime with between RFAs and UFAs, $30 million comes off the books, but the only two players of note, I think are obviously Elias Pedersen, who's an RFA and Philip Hronick, who's an RFA as well. So you can picture it could be anywhere between 16 to 18 million dollars already going to those two players okay we're gonna wrap up connects are three and two they have one more game on this road trip nashville uh, we think that parker who we announced parker hollywell parker's park uh, parker's pucks our newest game over vancouver co-host we've announced it on one of my streams we did it on game over uh, last week as well he's hosting on tuesday he just doesn't know it yet so join parker uh, for his first foray into hosting and if you see one of our three beautiful faces on tuesday that means he didn't like the way that we just kind of gave it to him and then he'll be on soon Sam, Kaya, are the Canucks going to come back after that Nashville game? Four and two, three and three, or three, two, and one? What? That was a long convoluted way of saying what's going to happen when they play Nashville on Tuesday night. What's your prediction? I think they're going to beat Nashville. Good. So four and two for you. They're beating Nashville because oh. uh, Luke Shen isn't playing. Beautiful. What, for whatever reason. And we have the 60th best player in the NHL as our captain. So thank you everyone for joining us tonight. That is Sam. That is Kaya. I am Clay. We are three fourths of your game over Vancouver crew. You can meet for the fourth, fourth on Tuesday. Parker will be hosting after Nashville plays against Vancouver. So on your way out, make sure that you subscribe to SDPN. Make sure you hit the notification bell and enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Enjoy a couple days off between Canucks games and bask in the fact that we are over 500 once again. So have a great night. Have a great rest of the weekend and we'll see you on Tuesday night. Good night, everyone. Thank you.